Back to the Ticket Water Cooler on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Nick is out here actively rooting against my pitcher. And it hurts. I don't want Garrett Cole to succeed, and it hurts. Why not? Because. I have never actively rooted against your team. You want to think about that again? I have never actively rooted against the Chicago Cubs. Remember, my wife is a huge Cubs fan. I That's good. Ne- I would never root against That's the Cubs. That's why Rachel and I get along really well. I don't think you do. Maybe not in her eyes, but <laughs> I don't know. I don't have a problem. No, I don't, I've never. I think Rachel's never, the one that has a problem with me. Careful, I don't know why. Careful now. I hope she's listening. She definitely is. Good. She always listens. She's That's a loyal heard. listener. Maybe she's the one that replied to my tweet and said, stick to sports. Maybe you should. I need to stick to sports. People, here's the deal, Rico. I stick to sports. People call me old. I don't stick to sports to get young, and people call me out for not sticking to sports. How dare you? I just can't. I can't win. That's okay. No, I hear. I, I will be honest. I mean, there's nothing better right now with baseball being back, Rico, mm. than having games that start at 11:30 in the day. 11:30 nice. games have started. There are there are well, there's supposed to be three games. There are currently two games going on: the Tampa Bay Rays and the Washington Nationals, and the Philadelphia Phillies versus the New York Yankees. There should have been a game that started at 11:30, and that is the Chicago Cubs against the Cincinnati Reds. However, it's in a rain delay. Mm. So it's scheduled to start here in a little bit. But oh, that's all I'm saying is there's nothing better. I have yet to find anything better. Than day games? Than day baseball. I, I would like to think that a lot of people agree with me on that. Give you something to watch at work. Plus, this is me sticking to sports. MLB TV. <laughs> so what sports are we sticking to? Uh, we are going to stick to the quarterback run game that has been so focused by mm. uh, everyone after Matt Rule said that they were going to, you know, run the quarterbacks a little more. And after you saw, uh, well, not saw, but kind of saw with the little highlight video they posted out, um, quarterbacks being tackled in practice, even though they were wearing their green jerseys, more physicality uh, among the quarterbacks, among the team, actual tackling in practice, knocking them down to the ground uh, with the quarterbacks, with a guy like Jeff Sims, who's a little bit bigger, a little more um, probably physical and able to take some of those hits in the Big Ten, I decided to go back. Uh, and look at some of the statistics from the quarterbacks that Matt Rule has coached uh, as a head coach okay. uh, at Temple and Baylor. Um, unfortunately, before the uh, b- before the captain started, I only made it through about three years at Temple. That's okay, but it's okay. So in his first year at Temple in 2013, they went two and ten. This is important because you will see a small correlation between running the ball, whether it be with quarterbacks or running backs, and the record that they had. So 2013 Temple, PJ Walker was the main quarterback. Uh, Passing-wise, he threw for 2,084 yards, 20 touchdowns, and 8 interceptions. Honestly, that was his best year throwing the ball. Uh, Rushing-wise, 90 attempts, 332 yards, only 3 touchdowns. He actually led the team in rushing that season. They went 2-10. Not the greatest if you're focused on the quarterback run game. 2014, 506-6. P.J. Walker still there. 2,317 yards, 13 touchdowns, 15 interceptions. Mm. Not great passing the ball. Rushing-wise... All the way up to 106 attempts for 324 yards and three touchdowns. The most attempts on the team. The next, the, the leading rusher was actually a running back who had 384 yards, not that much higher than P.J. Walker, on 80 carries. Mm-hmm. That same running back next year when they went 10-4, and four, 
led the team in rushing with 1,263 yards and 17 touchdowns on 276 carries, while P.J. Walker drops to 80 attempts for 215 and two touchdowns while throwing for his most amount of yards, 2,972, 19 touchdowns and eight interceptions. So the quarterback run game was a focus the first two years at Temple. Okay. Not the greatest records. When they went to the running backs, not focusing on the quarterback run game, they had more success, as you can see. And P.J. Walker, again, not the greatest in terms of touchdown-to-interception ratio as his first season, but in terms of yardage, a lot more. Didn't run the ball as much. So what I, I guess what I'm trying to say is in a not-as-physical whatever conference Temple was in at the time, because I believe they're in the American now, mm-hmm. they ran the quarterback a decent amount of times, didn't have that much success when they decided to switch it up and go with their running backs more. They had more success. I don't know if that's a direct correlation, but that's kind of what I'm getting from these statistics. I could go back and look at the games, but from the statistics-wise, running backs running the ball for Matt Rule seem to have more success than quarterbacks. I'm not saying that they're going to, and I don't think he was implying that that's all they're going to do with the quarterbacks, but he did say that it was going to be an emphasis this season. Well, I would also say another another statistic and another thing to go off of is what Scott Satterfield has done with his quarterbacks. Very you know, Spencer Rattler last year uh, was was not he, – he hasn't been the, the five-star quarterback that was advertised coming out of Pinnacle High School a couple years ago. But if you go back to where Scott Satterfield has been, Louisville, places like that, Malik Cunningham was the quarterback at Louisville under Scott Satterfield. And in – let's see, this was 2022 mm-hmm. – or excuse me, 2021, Malik Cunningham runs – for hundred and thirteen or hundred and thirteen carries for five hundred and sixty yards and twelve touchdowns um at Louisville. So what's interesting here was or excuse me, not Scott Satterfield. Sorry, Marcus we're Satterfield. Wrong, are we looking at the wrong Satterfield? We're looking at the wrong Satterfield. Um so Marcus Satterfield, they they put the wrong Satterfield on uh on the coaching reference. Oh no. Um so in in reality you would need to go to I I would say South Carolina last year would be the biggest reference mm-hmm. with with Spencer Rattler, where um, Spencer Rattler, I know I've looked it up before. I just need to, I need to memorize these. Um, last year, Spencer Rattler throws for over three three thousand yards, and he rushes for. Let's see, where would it be? Spencer Rattler rushes for forty six yards the entire season. Mm-hmm. Um, but as you mentioned, Rico. Matt Rule has talked about how they want that running element to the game, and that's a big reason why they bring in a guy like Jeff Sims. That is a big reason. And now I'm, I'm going to look at the – because I remember when he was at Baylor, right? Charlie Brewer was his quarterback. I think he was a quarterback yeah. for those all three years. Yeah. Charlie Brewer ran a, a ton, a crap mm-hmm. ton. Charlie Brewer was, was a, a very successful quarterback running the ball for uh, Matt Rule down at Baylor. So I'm just looking at that first year. They go 1-11, right? Yeah, 1-11. Uh, Charlie Brewer is the starter, throws for 1,562 yards. Well, actually, he split time with Zach Smith. Um, throws for 1,562 yards, 11 touchdowns, four picks. And he runs the ball 65 times for 166 yards. They mostly ran it with their running back. So in that one, you know, first year, yeah, it was their first year. It was kind of a struggle. They were still trying to figure it out. Seven and six the next year, Charlie Brewer is the starter. Not even a question. 3,000 yards passing. But this is this is where the quarterback run game comes into it. 133 rushing attempts, 375 yards, and seven touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Now, 
if that's something that Matt Rule is looking to get this season with Jeff Sims, I think you can because he did go to Georgia Tech when they were still running the triple option. They did switch over uh, while he was there. But he is a guy that can run the ball. He's a physical specimen. He's a big dude. He can take those hits. But can he withstand? And we've talked about it. We talked about it with Adrian Martinez. Can you have your quarterback run the ball as much as Charlie Brewer did in that second year at Baylor? And in his third year, he rushed the ball 147 times. Can your quarterback run the ball that much in the Big Ten and last all season? Well, I wonder I, – I, I just wonder – because the, the, the thoughts that creep into my mind over and over is what, where do the running backs play a, a factor into this? And how much do the running backs play a factor into this? Mm-hmm. Because we, we talked about it. It's the, same, it's the same philosophy over the last 10 years for Nebraska in the Big Ten Conference. you got to have a solid running back room – and I think you could argue that Nebraska's had a talented running back room every single year since they've joined the Big Ten. Some are have been more have been deeper and and just overall more talented than others. And I think this year stacks pretty highly up into raw talent um, compared to other running back rooms because you have a guy in Anthony Grant that carried it for 900 plus yards last year. Which I, I don't want to make it sound like that's like the end all be all. Like oh yeah, the guy ran it for 900 plus yards. That's exceptional. We need to make sure we're feeding him the rock the entire time. I'm not sure he runs for nearly that much if A.J. Allen stays healthy. It really started feeling like... They were going to start splitting AJ, carries. Well, yeah. It really started feeling like A.J. Allen was going to be the, the, the featured ball ball carrier, if not 50-50, until he got hurt You know, a little a quarter way into the season or so. It, same with Gabe Irvin the previous year, is that you had, uh, you had Gabe Irvin that felt like, as a true freshman, was really starting to kind of take that 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 bulk of the carries load. But then he gets hurt in the Oklahoma game in 2021, and you end up having Ramir Johnson, who started the season fifth on the depth chart, come in and still rush for over 500 yards that mm-hmm. season in 2021. So you look up and down this entire running back room here, and you have that Anthony Grant. You still have Gabe Irvin, who's now fully healthy. You have Ramir Johnson after he... Was continuing to, or we continued to hear last season how he was one of the more talented guys in that running back room from from a raw talent standpoint, but from a playbook standpoint, he wasn't ready, I guess, to play wide receiver, and they didn't want to move him back to running back. Still ridiculous. So it's still stupid, but now he's there, and he's he said it in his press conference that he's he, he, that's in the past, and he's all worried about just dealing with it now. And then don't forget, you have a guy like Emmett Johnson who the staff is high on. You also have. Um, a couple other freshmen and younger guys in there as well. So I wonder where and when we have that conversation once we get closer to fall of you don't want to run the quarterback too much because then you're not using your running backs. Mm-hmm. And and part of it, if you feel really good about this offensive line, I think it scares or you know it provides caution for Husker fans when they hear that they're going to use the quarterback run game, I think, because – you're so used to, as a Husker fan, these last, uh, even going back to Taylor Martinez at, at, in some instances, Taylor Martinez, Adrian Martinez, Tommy Armstrong, um, and and now you know Casey Thompson last year, mm-hmm. you've had such a below average offensive line that it's forced the quarterback to run even more than the staff has intended or wanted them to. Yes. And so when Husker fans hear that they're going to use the quarterback run game a lot, I know I sit there and go, oh boy, what does that mean about the offensive line? 
Because if you have a quality offensive line to compete in the Big Ten Conference, you should be able to run the ball with your running backs, mm-hmm. especially when you have as talented of a room as Nebraska does. I do think that the quarterback run game would be the great equalizer, even if you do, even if you're more confident about your offensive line than you were before. Mm-hmm. If your quarterback is able to get out and and use their feet to, to pick up extra yardage, I think that's a great equalizer for an offensive line that might not be one of the top lines in the in the Big Ten Conference. But again, looking at this quarterback run game from the two most successful seasons that that Matt Rule has had as a head coach, 2015 Temple uh, and 20 which year 2019 Baylor. Um, the quarterbacks, uh, P.J. Walker rushed for 215 yards on 80 carries. Charlie Brewer at Baylor, 100 again, 147 carries, 344 yards, and 11 mm-hmm. touchdowns. The two running backs that they had that year, Jermichael Hasty, my guy, yeah. uh, 109 attempts, 627 yards, and John Lovett, 103 for 655 at Baylor. And at Temple, their most successful season, Jihad Thomas, 276 attempts, 1,262 yards and 17 touchdowns. Mm-hmm. If you can get to, I, I don't think that's going to happen here in Nebraska. I don't think you're going to have a workhorse back that's going to take 276 yards. The next closest was 51 attempts. But at Baylor, 109 for Jamichael, 103 for John Lovett. If you can split it up that way, I think Nebraska is going to have a lot more running backs to oh. kind of hand the ball off to. You might not have 100 carries for any two running backs, but you'll be split up between – more than likely all four of those running backs. I mean, you could also say that you hope um, Nebraska t- achieves a 1,000-yard rusher this year as well, right? That would um, be great. W- w- Nebraska fans are still fascinated by that 1,000-yard rushing mark, and, and rightfully so, especially in the conference like the Big Ten where, where you see your counterpart in, in the Big Ten West in Wisconsin have a 1,000-yard rusher over and over with – they. Ju- it's just a factory up there, but just why? It's plug-and-play. Right, it's plug-and-play. Um, and, and Nebraska's always kind of measured themselves against, in, in recent years especially, against teams like Wisconsin, like Iowa, and those teams as well. Uh, Rico, a little bit of breaking news here. Okay. Out of the Husker basketball camp. Uh-oh. Um, oh, no. Kirk Creesa, who visited Nebraska early last week. You don't seem excited. Visited Nebraska early last week. Yep. Also visited more, uh, West, West Virginia. Virginia. He is heading to West Virginia. Morgantown. So, Kerr Creesa, the Arizona transfer, has uh, officially committed to West Virginia. Nebraska misses out or maybe decided to go separate ways. Um, and they're still searching for their first transfer addition this offseason. We it know, seems... we know um, they've reached out to a Siena guard, a transfer from Siena. Mm-hmm. They've reached out to uh, Hunter Salas. We know that they've reached out to John Hugley, who is the Pittsburgh transfer. There's a lot of guys that they've reached out to and also a lot of guys that they've swung and missed on or just missed out on and, and not gotten the commitment of. Um, Kirk Creesa, a guy that did visit Lincoln, though, and, and when you get visits from transfer portal targets, it's something. There's, there's significant interest there from both parties. But unfortunately, uh, Kirk Creesa, the leading assist leader, or excuse me, the assist leader in the Pac-12 conference last year, is heading to West Virginia. Yep, you're going to have to make do with what you got more than likely, but... Uh, coming up next, we're going to close out the water cooler. We're going to get ready for the happy hour where we'll switch roles. And Nick will lead the uh, the entire show because oh that's what we do. We got, a, we got a good guest coming up as well. We do have a great guest so, coming up. I know. I know we, we got to get to break no, here. Um, but the uh, a new Husker commit, offensive lineman Gibson Pyle from Houston, Texas, is going to join us in the happy hour. Yeah. So he uh, 
He is going to sit down with us, talk about his commitment, talk about that big recruiting weekend because he was here on that March 25th weekend. And so Gibson Pyle will join the happy hour here in about uh, 30 minutes or so. Something like that. So tell all your friends Gibson Pyle on the happy hour. We'll be right back. 